Hello everybody, today we're checking in with another member of the Black Belt crew. I'm here with my man's Jared Spool Miles. Uh, Jared is another guy that goes to Geneva College. He plays linebacker. He's a big actor guy in the theater. Won his awards. Some people might call him Baby Denzel, but we're not going to hype his head up too much. Uh, so yeah, me and Jared were having a discussion, but I'm going to let Jared introduce himself. Alright y'all, I'm Jared Spool Miles. Born, raised here in Beaver Falls. Um, I'm a computer science major currently. Uh, and my plans after Geneva College, honestly, I want to think about either continuing to support the community or take a break and uh, explore for a while, regardless of where it's at. So, that's a little bit about me. So, uh, Jared and I, just randomly just sitting out here and... Uh parking lot of this, this fantastic restaurant out here named Athens in Beaver Falls. Um, we're just having a discussion about helping out in the community. Uh, and one of the ways that we think we can give back to the community is by coaching. Um, so what Jared and I were talking about is possibly uh, helping out uh, for the baby tigers, or what are they called? The little tigers? Yeah, the little tigers. The little tigers eventually when their season kicks back, so... That's what we're going to talk about today. So on this coaching topic, man, I think it's, it's a real cool experience. I have a, a passion for coaching. After college, I'm going to play as long as I can, play football as long as I can, get into some boxing or some, some MMA. Hopefully I could uh, keep on training in combat sports. But after that, man, I want to coach, and I know I want to coach. I want to be a 30, 40, 50 plus year coach, be that old man with the the sagging belly out there impacting kids' lives. Uh, so, so Jared here, talk about a little bit about why you want to coach. What do you see in your future as a coach? Um, uh, it's just like you said about impacting lives. Like, I know when I was little and the people you talked to, like, Antoine was one of them. Like, he was a huge part of my life in football. And I can never be grateful enough for what they've done for me because I came into football late. Like, I didn't play till I was, like, 13. So I played in, like, midgets, mm-hmm. like, little tigers, like the midgets. And it would just be, you know, such a honor and also a privilege to – you know, go back into the community and like me, like struggling kids that was in Beaver Falls. Yeah. I can help them out and pack their futures as well. And I think that's like one of the top, I should say like rewards as being a coach. I And I really, I, I agree with you because that's something that really exactly what you're saying is, is what I thought about in terms of being a coach. You know, when I was younger, my mom and my dad, they were separated, but, you know, I didn't see my dad as much, but I live with my mom, and, uh, you know, my dad will be around, but a lot of the times on the day-to-day, uh, it was my coaches that were around and giving me rides to practice and teaching mm-hmm. me different things about how to be a man, and like Jared said, I didn't start playing football until I was 11. Yeah. Um, and I used to go to the Boys and Girls Club for the longest playing sports. And I remember to this day some of the coaches that helped me out and, and taught me different lessons uh, on top of my dad and my uncles and stuff. Just coaches really helping me out. 
I know how it feels sometimes being a young black man, especially not having the role model um, of older black men. Um, and so sometimes you can't make that connection with people. Not everybody is in a tight knit community and not everybody has a big family. So <clears throat> I think coaching is really something that you can use to really reach and help kids. I also think too, there's like with coaching, the, like there's some coaches where they're like, they really care about you. And then there's all like, I've experienced coaches mm-hmm. that, you know, really deeply care about you, not only as an athlete, but as a human being, as a person, as a person. Yeah. And then there's other coaches where it's just kind of like when I was playing for them, felt like I was just playing for them just for that purpose right. and screw everything else. Right. So whatever I want to coach, I, I want to have that positive, like, Hey, I like deeply care about you. And after football, after football and in life, I can still help you out. Right. And there's only at least like from my high school, at least there's only at least like three coaches that still are in contact with me. Mm-hmm. So and that's a that's one of those bonds that you want uh, for for a lifetime. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I want to be able my high school coach stole my mom. He wants to have a relationship with me to the point where if and hopefully when I get married, he's invited. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I have like three coaches on my list already that like I will surely invite to like yeah. my wedding. That's important. It's important, especially for young men, not even just black men, young people in general. Yeah. Uh, being a part of teens and having that mentorship. Um, I feel like more every, about well, go ahead. I, was say, I feel like it's every young man should at least try football. Yeah. At least something, something of that nature, football, basketball, even if you're just out there kicking the soccer ball, playing T-ball. It's, I think it's important to be around other guys um, and having that mentorship of a, a good coach. A lot of college coaches used to tell me the industry is really missing out on having good coaches that are player coaches and not guys that are just wanting to win games. Anything, last remarks? Uh, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah, about college coaches, too, like on that subject. I was just saying that, like, like the recruitment process is so fake. In my opinion, I was just like, there's some coaches, like, there's just those coaches where it's like, you come to my school, I promise I'm gonna take care of you, I'm gonna do this and do yeah. that, and whatever, and whatever. And then, whatever you get there, it's way different, yeah. It's just like, all right, you're like, they finally caught you, yeah. they tell you what you want to hear, and then you stuck, and, and they, they like, try to make you yeah, stuck, yeah, you're stuck for real, yeah. So, you know, there's some coaches on Geneva staff that's just like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm gonna take care of you, and then. As soon as I'm here, they don't. So you know, it all. Yeah. Um, I I see what you mean, and not to disagree, but you know, I I the link. I think a lot of the Geneva coaches, once you build that relationship with them, um, and if you if you want that relationship with them, oh yeah, yeah, they definitely will open up and help out. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I just know that from experience right now. Uh, stuff I'm going through. Coaches are helping me out like crazy with it. So, yeah, that's that is our segment for coaching today. When we come back, we're definitely going to be talking about some NBA finals. Uh, maybe give a top five uh, players on our starting five list of all time in the NBA history. And yeah. All right. So now that we're back, Spool and I, we have some discussions about basketball. Um, 
So first of all, I'm going to give my prediction for the finals. Game one is tonight. I think the Heat take game one. Uh, but I think the Lakers win three straight. You know, I think the Heat win game five. And then I think the Lakers end up winning in game six. So uh, that's my prediction. Lakers in six. LeBron James, finals MVP. But I think Anthony Davis is going to put up maybe a double-double a game. Uh, Caruso is going to do a pretty good job, in my opinion, on Tyler Harrow. And I think we just match up well defensively against the Heat. I don't think they match up well against us. But I do think they're going to get two games. Uh, they're a feisty team, and they scrap. Jimmy Butler's been proven as a winner on the basketball court and, uh, you know, fighting homelessness to be where he is today. So, yeah, Lakers in six. What do you think, Spool? Uh, I also think Lakers in six. Um, the thing I like about this Miami team, though, what they're going to be dangerous at least, is the fact that uh, I watched an interview with Jimmy Butler, and he said that uh, he did not like he did not care who they're going up against. They didn't think of themselves as the underdog. They thought of themselves as uh, like they knew that they were better than all the teams are going to play. And tonight, they're going to know that they're going to be better than this Lakers team. That's I like that mentality. The whole team has, like you said, they're feisty and they scrap for the ball. But the Lakers, they're just too tall. Uh, I don't think. I mean, Jimmy Butler would do a decent job guarding LeBron James, but like overall, I think the tallest player like is Biombo. He's like what six ten? Yeah, versus six ten or six eleven. Yeah, versus uh, LeBron and the crew. You know, you got him, Anthony Davis. Uh, Rondo is playing. You know, playing lights out. Yeah, he is yeah. playing lights out. Uh, then you also got people like Javal McGee, Dwight Howard, and all those guys and all those veterans. So. Um, like I said, Lakers in six, but honestly, I like this finals matchup because it's up in the air. I do think the Lakers are going to – I want the Heat to win yeah, just because they're, they're the underdogs. But, uh, yeah, I think the Lakers are going to definitely win this ring. I mean, my thing is, like, LeBron is fighting for this ring. This is oh, the yeah. one he wants. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I think Bam Adebayo, he's going to play well, but I just think we're too – we got too much size, Pauls. <laughs> no, I do think we, we got too much height, too much speed for the Heat. They got some shooters, but you know that uh, live by the three, you die by the three. You know that Dion Waiters is actually uh, getting a ring regardless. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's going to be – he has a win-win. He's a, he's, a, he's already an NBA champion. He don't even care about getting in this series probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They call my man – they call Dion Waiters Philly Cheese. Facts. <laughs> he just say he on that Philly Cheese steak diet. He's a bucket, though. He is a bucket. Uh, yeah, like you said, LeBron is definitely one of this, obviously, for Kobe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's their... Uh, just mentality. to have a, you know, to break that stigma. Yeah. What is this? this? I think this is 11th finals or 10th or 11th finals? Yeah, it's 10th. He's it's been crazy, in the finals man. more than the entire organization of the New York Knicks and the uh, 76ers. It's crazy to think about. It is crazy. Think about it. Since, what, in two... I'm talking about not in 2007... Yeah. But since 2011, when we was only in fifth grade, this man has been in the finals every year. It's crazy. Until and now that I'm 20 and he's still in the finals, like it's crazy. That is crazy. Like yeah. I mean, since fifth while we're grade, in it, I think we're being spoiled by. But oh it's, yeah. it's something crazy to see. Like wait, wait, who did he go up against in 2011? Against the Mavs? Uh, I think. 
I think that's when they got swept by the Spurs. Nice. No, 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 no. Was... 2011. Yeah. That was the Mavs. Yeah, that was the Mavs. Yeah, I was just saying. Oh, there goes Benny. Oh, that's all men. Oh, I should have said hi. <laughs> uh, the podcast ruined now. Yeah. Oh, no, but, um, like, LeBron. Oh, yeah, fifth grade. That's a long time That's ago. That's a long time ago. That is like a long time As long ago. as you can remember, LeBron has been in the finals. Because I think the last Lakers finals was 2010. That's when Kobe, I think he faced off against. Uh, I forget who they played. That's when Kobe was on 2K. Yeah. That might have been arguably one of the best 2Ks of all time. 2K10. I still I still got friends who play that now. Yeah, so since, since we're on the topic of LeBron. Give me your top three and why. Top three players of all time. NBA history. All right. Whew. Oh, yikes. You want me to give you mine first? Yeah, get yours first. Let me okay. You. I'm sitting at LeBron number one. And then this is an order, right? This yeah, order. yeah, this is an okay. order. LeBron number one. Jordan number two and Kobe number three. But to add on to that, though. Just because they're top three doesn't mean I think they're the most, like, prolific or dominant because I'm also a guy that studies the old school. And I really do like – I like guys like Magic, Isaiah Thomas, Larry, Mm -hmm. Wilt, and I think all these guys. Shoot, Clyde the Glide, George Gervin. I think all these guys got something uh, that, that was really good for the game. But in terms of my top three, I gotta say LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe. Uh, for me, it's gonna have to be Jordan number one, LeBron, and then Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, you were right. <laughs> you were right about the uh, the older players. The older players, like yeah. I, you know, like you said, your Magic Johnsons. I think my personal favorite, at least like in like very old, is Dr. J. Dr. J is a bucket. I'm gonna say he was, ba- he was basically he was basically Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. Or shall I say that man was balling? Yeah. They call him a boy. He ain't a boy. <laughs> um, only reason why I put LeBron at second is like I think personally, uh, like his achievements. Obviously, I'm not gonna t- shy away from his achievements. Yeah, you know everything that he did was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think one of like. I just have two, like, reasons. One, I always think LeBron has an excuse. Now, if it's good or bad, that's another debate. Like, mm-hmm. that's honestly another debate. But I just feel like every time LeBron loses a game or somehow loses the finals, there seems to be always an excuse, you know? And secondly, whatever, people always make the thing or the argument saying that every time LeBron James leaves a team... They turn trash. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to remember that, like, they built the team around LeBron. Mm. Like, LeBron's the key piece to every team that he played at. Maybe not particularly in Miami because they were because they were a big three. I mean, like, and, no, the 2007 Cavs, mm-hmm. LeBron was, that was all LeBron. He was balling out. Especially that game against the Pistons. Mm-hmm. He was, he was ball. He was a man that night. But, um, but. Like, you have to remember, like, in the Cavs, I remember whatever they had. Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade was there again playing with them. 
But then, like, during the trade deadline, he got rid of all those guys. I remember that. Yeah. And then now that. the Lakers, you know, they had Alonzo Ball, Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram, and all those young guys. Didn't work out. They didn't make the playoffs. So, LeBron got all rid of them and got veterans. So, I just always had to, like, say that, like, LeBron is, like, the key piece of his team. Hey, you know? man. LeBron is playing chess. Yeah, he is. That's one thing I think he is better than Jordan. I Like, better. Like, I think he's the best overall is his IQ mm-hmm. of the game. Like, if you see an interview of him, I remember he, like, pinpointed every single detail of the game that he played. And then also, like, his dominant, like, his athleticism helps, but I think his IQ is more than enough to, like, certify himself as one of the greats. I do think Jordan is a better scorer than LeBron, yeah. like, a better offensive player than LeBron. Defensively, I think they're the same. Mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, but their IQ. They're actually one of the few people that say that. About what? Well, LeBron's IQ? LeBron's defense. Yeah. Defensively, he's, a- he's actually pretty good. In the year, I mean, people always say because he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year, but that year that he lost it, Marc Gasol won it, and he wasn't even first-team NBA defense. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I used to think LeBron James' defense was kind of, you know, not there, but now, like recently, like in the past couple of years, like three years, like, yeah, his defense is definitely – well, I mean, my thing is, my dad and I share this argument that Jordan is way overhyped and than what he should be. Oh, yeah, facts. I mean, you know, he's good. I give him Chris credit, but he's like... And I even take that back. He's really good. He was really dominant um, to the point where he had people shook in the league. But I don't think Jordan's as dominant, crazy as people say, like, mm-hmm. like unbeatable. Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, obviously, era is different. Obviously, era is different, but uh, I don't know. I just think LeBron is the better player. I think he elevates his team more. Mm-hmm. He can make winners out of any type of team to me. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, if you even look. Jordan has Scottie Pippen. This dude is another top fifty player, ever though. Even in his uh, in his uh, what's it called, the uh, documentary, the Last Dance documentary, he said mm-hmm. that uh, he's like, you can't say Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. And even though LeBron played with stars, I don't think they're as good as a Scottie Pippen. Yeah, maybe the closest is Dwayne Wade. D Wade. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. about to say D Wade. But then that brings up the question though. If you were to, if there were, to, if there was a game between Jordan's Bulls mm-hmm. and any of LeBron teams, like Lakers, Heat, or Cavs team, do you think, like, who do you think would win? Mm. The Heat team that won the first championship, I think, would be dominant. I think it will be a six-game series. You think uh, you think uh, the Heat would win? And I, here's why I think this. First of all, matchup-wise, Chris Bosh is spacing out the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Rodman is guarding Chris Bosh, he can't give him that kind of space that he would back then guarding yeah. these seven-foot centers that he was, right? Yeah, but he was guarding. I remember he was guarding Shaq a couple times. In his but career. If, if Rodman's guarding Bosch, mm-hmm. he's going to have to get out there um, 
and that creates better spacing for LeBron to get downhill. Now, don't get me wrong, Scotty and Jordan are good defenders. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think uh, Jordan would guard D Wade though. I think Ron Harper would guard D Wade, and I think Scotty would guard LeBron. Yeah, I think that make that make the most sense. But I think LeBron would have a big series, and I think D Wade would have a really big series. Chris Bosh would have a couple of really nice games. And I think bringing Chris Bosh to space the floor, the rebounding won't be as great for the Bulls, so they won't be able to control the tempo as well. Yeah, I think, too. Like, sure, LeBron can guard. Like, I feel like most likely LeBron's going to guard Jordan, like the best player versus the best player. But, well, maybe, but this this is when they also had uh, Shane Battier, who's a really good defender. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been on Jordan. I think Ray Allen would have came in and gave some minutes on Jordan. Mm. Guess there's a question I was about to say, because he was going to guard a Scottie Pippen. Do you think LeBron's going to guard a Scottie Pippen? Now? I think LeBron would do better guarding Scottie Pippen. Than Jordan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. I have to go back and look at that Heat team. Because they also had guys like Norris Cole and Mario Chalmers. They had a lot of scrappy guys coming off the bench. And they played really well as a team, as a group. They did. They shot the ball lights out. I don't know. I just think I think that was, like, my personal favorite era of LeBron. But then I also think, like, he dominated the East so much. Sometimes mm-hmm. I forgot. Like, I forget who was good in the East around that time. Other than the Celtics for, like, a little bit. That's when, like, the Celtics started dying. Mm-hmm. Since LeBron joined them. It feels like so so long ago. It does feel like so long ago. 2012. Dude, I remember watching the video live on ESPN about LeBron saying he's going to South Beach. Oh, yeah. He's wearing that, uh, what is it, that purple pink suit or that purple pink suit. He's like, like that trash plaid shirt he was yeah. wearing. <laughs> like, come on, LeBron. Yeah. Uh, that does seem like so long ago. But I just think, too, like, who was a good team around that time in the East other than the Heat? I mean, the Bulls until D. Rose. Yeah, I don't even remember at this point. I know the Bulls. The Bulls were good until D. Rose. He got hurt. Yeah. Um, The Celtics, in my opinion, they've always been kind of nice. And then even in the West, I mean, that Heat team definitely shouldn't have lost to that Mavs team. Mm. I don't think there was – I think that was just a pure win. Over the Mavs. And like I said, back to like LeBron and excuses. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give LeBron his 2015 one. Because like his literally his whole starting lineup hurt. And he should have won finals MVP that year even though he lost. Mm-hmm. You mean when he averaged that triple double on Iggy? Yeah. You said that's going to happen again. Oh. Oh yeah, they are going up against each other again. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, What else finals did he... Uh, um, 2018. I mean, eh. Well, 20, 2016 is when they won, right? Yeah, 2016 is the only time they won out of the four contests. You want surprise? A little bit. Oh, they changed it up a little bit. That's all you want? That's greasy. <laughs> I don't know, though, champ. I don't know. Um, LeBron, he's always, like, a part of it, too. Especially if I was going to be a naysayer about LeBron. Yeah. You can do well and not make like you can have a bunch of assists, score a bunch of points, play well offensively, and not make your team better. You make your team dependent on your success. Oh, that's literally James Harden. 
literally Harden, the Westbrook at OKC. I said the Westbrook. Westbrook at OKC. <laughs> I mean, you can do well and not elevate the play of your team. But also, I don't think LeBron's like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, like like you said, like LeBron legit elevates his team. Like, mm-hmm. there's purpose behind what he does. And we've seen LeBron so long, we forget about LeBron at his best. Yeah. When was your favorite era of watching LeBron? Like, when was your... When um, were you most entertained? Well, I've been a Lakers fan. But seeing him battle Kobe... That was always real cool to me. Oh, yeah. And uh, him going against young Kevin Durant. Like young Kevin Durant in the, yeah, OKC. Right like, before, um, oh, during and right before the lockout. Yeah. Was that 2014? I think it was. Either 2014 or 2013. One of yeah. Man, Heat LeBron was crazy. And then when he got right back to the Cavs. Got 2015 LeBron. I mean, now I'm a Lakers fan. Well, I've been a Lakers fan, but now that he's on the Lakers... Oh, he just makes it everything better. Now I'm really, like... Like, a lot of my friends, that get on me and say, you wouldn't even like LeBron if he didn't come to, come to the Lakers. I'm like, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm always a Bulls fan. Not even because of Michael Jordan. It's because of Derrick Rose. Yeah. I just remember seeing him. I was like, yikes, this dude is uh, insane. But I'm still a Bulls fan. I was upset whenever Jimmy Butler left. Yeah, I was upset about that, but shoot, I'm still a Bulls fan, and I'm also and like I said, my second team, my second favorite team is the Raptors. I was happy when they won their championship. Well, shoot, out here in PA, you don't have a lot of teams to choose from. Yeah, I was about to say the closest arena to be from Beaver Falls is a uh, Cavs. That's like mm-hmm. the closest basketball game, and now LeBron's gone. And you're not a Sixers fan? Nah, I mean, uh, I like the Sixers. I mean, I don't dislike them, but mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. But the only thing I think that's positive about LeBron leaving is that the tickets are now, like, super cheap. hmm <laughs> I mean, unless they play, like, a superstar like Curry or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if I wanted to go to an NBA game and get, like, good seating, I could. Because I, I went to the Cavs and the Raptors playoff game, and I was basically sitting in space. But the Cavs, they got some young talent. Oh, yeah. They need time to develop, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna be the, uh, like the Utah Jazz. Or, no, they're gonna mm-hmm. be like the. It's uh, a good comparison. Like, yeah, like the Utah Jazz. Like, I just remember like that period of stretch. They just had nothing but young guys. Mm-hmm. But and now they're sitting they have, there hoping. Yeah, now they finally have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, who finally decided to realize that he was seven foot. <laughs> <laughs> realize that he is actually a, a dominant player, and he started taking over. I mean, honestly, the East is pretty young in general. Yeah, with Tatum and all them. With There's the no team that I'm like, look at all that experience. Yeah. Like, they'll be... Now, the Heat is different. And what's different about the Heat is they brought a lot of experienced players to be on one team. I feel but like I they, have, they have... I feel like they have, like, a good amount of both. Yeah, they but have... they don't have experience as a team. Yeah. They don't have great chemistry as a team. That's what I think is different about the Lakers. I think the Lakers have more chemistry as a team with experience. Yeah, I mean, you look at LeBron and, like, Dwight, even though they never played together on a team, they've known each other for, like, so long. They did play uh, Olympics. Oh, yeah. I guess you can count All-Stars, too. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. 
and Anthony Davis played with LeBron in the Olympics. Yeah, so they do have that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They have that same connection now. And we just play well, so well together defensively. Offensively, stuff will come, but defensively, I think we're a dominant team. Oh yeah, you guys like 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 I said earlier, like the whole Lakers team is just like just just super tall. Yeah, yeah, a lot of size. The Heat team is just like yeah, they're just like so. Like everyone in the Heat is like just a straight height, you know, like six seven. And they're tough. Six six. Yeah, they're, they're tough. Don't don't get me wrong, they're tough, but they're all just like that same height. Yeah, you know, six 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 seven versus the Lakers, where the shortest player on the court is Rondo. The rest of them is at least six six or over. You know. Well, you know, we had this conversation. Heat and, or Lakers in six. You said Lakers in six. Yes, sir. We locking it in. Thank you guys for listening. This is uh, you no, know, I thought this podcast idea was a real good one. Uh, school also likes the idea of a podcast, so yeah, we're gonna try to try to get this going. I think it'll be cool. Thank you for listening. Adios. Now I almost forgot. Uh, we since we was talking about the Lakers and Anthony Davis. This man, Spool, he got a story to tell you guys about last year, or what was it, two years ago? Uh, last year? A year or a couple change ago. It's a year or some change ago, he was 18. I'm going to let him tell you the story, but Spool was in uh, was was in a, a water, I think it was uh, Six Flags, or one of these amusement parks, and bumped into Anthony Davis and almost got to a fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead, Spool, and tell him the story. Uh, yeah, the, it was my senior year. We was uh, on a senior trip, and we went to Disney World. I think it was like the fourth or fifth day or whatever. And we went to one of the water parks, right? So, you know, me and all my friends, I don't know. Well, I don't know how to swim at all. So, me and but me and all my friends, they kind of like built my courage up to go swim in the deep end. So, that's what we all do. We all go in the deep end or whatever, and we're having a good time. You know, so I start getting nervous a little bit that I can't swim. And uh, yeah, I start getting nervous that I can't swim. And I tell them, like, hey, guys, I'm going to just meet you guys back on shore. And they're like, you know, whatever. That's cool. You know, just wait for us. And I said, all right. So as I'm swimming backwards and I'm struggling because, again, I'm in the deep end. I don't know how to swim. I'm panicking a little bit. I bump into somebody. Don't know who it is. I say, you know. I'm trying to like get the water out my eyes, whatever, and out my system. I say, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump into you. And as I turn around and I look up, I realize it was Anthony Davis. Um, oh, um, it was kind of crazy because I was just thinking like. He's ready to put the hands on the spool. Yeah, like I didn't want him thinking that I did it on purpose. And as I was saying sorry, one of the bodyguards came up to me and said, hey, you know, don't do that. We're not trying to. He's trying to enjoy himself, go on about himself. So then I left and I was highly upset, but at the same time excited. The fact that I bumped into an NBA player. And the cool thing about the ending of the story is that me and my cousin had the opportunity to talk to his mom, Anthony Davis's mother. So that was always, that was, that was a really cool experience overall. So now thank you guys. Like I said before, thank you for listening. Uh, This is the end of podcast number two, the black belt podcast. Uh, we're just playing around right now with this, but this is actually, this podcast is actually something I've been thinking about, um, and I'm going to take it seriously, so we'll see how it goes. I think it's going well so far, and uh, yeah, thank you guys. See ya.